Hello and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, the founder of Miles to Memories, joined by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman. And we have a lot of Vegas to talk this week, Mark. I'm excited to uh, hear all about your recent trip here. We're going to talk about our meetup, all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, my wife was there, so I didn't lose my voice. So that's good. So I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a more toned down version of Mark on the podcast today, uh, following a Vegas trip. It's usually, what, about, about a week? After you return, now a few days, I guess, after you return before your yeah. voice comes back. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it'll be raspy for like a week or so, but I can't even get high pitched voices anymore because I've lost my voice so many times over the last like six months, a year. So <laughs> I don't know what that means. I destroyed my, uh, my throat and everything, I guess, along the way. Injured your, injured your vocal cords. Yeah, something like that, which is weird because I don't smoke or anything. Just yelling too much. It's just uh, not a good thing. I need to get with uh, Ryan Flanagan and learn his uh, how he makes his chords of steel because he uh, sings all the time. So Yeah, he sings and he's always having a good time. And yet he, he keeps those uh, beautiful vocal cords intact. But I, I mean, if you're going to lose your voice, though, and have all these issues, at least it's, you know, Vegas, I guess, is a good good excuse. Good reason. Yeah, I mean, it's called Vegas voice for a reason. So there you go. Should just be called casino voice because it happens anywhere that there's casino and drinks and gambling and sh- shouting and all that all that fun stuff. It's a phenomenon beyond just you, huh? I'm, I've I've never I seen anybody so. scream in I the think... middle of a casino as loud, as loud as you do. So <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize that it was as endemic uh, among the population as it as it yeah. Was. At least the fun part of the population. Sorry, everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had a great weekend in Vegas, and we got to attend a Taco Bell wedding of our friend. Bethany from Bougie Miles, and uh, you stayed in Four Seasons and also the Waldorf Astoria. I stayed at Nomad, so we got to talk a little bit about those stays, those properties, uh, our meetup, lots of restaurants, and all kinds of stuff. So this will be sort of an on-the-ground, Vegas-centric show, kind of telling people uh, how it's like right now and what we did and and some of the cool kind of luxury properties you stayed at and then how you saved some money on those and used certificates, travel hacking techniques, stuff like that. Uh, so it was a good time. But yeah, how was it? You, this was your first trip with your uh, wife, Kirsten, in a couple of years, right? Uh, basically, since COVID began. Yeah, we were trying to think of when the last time we uh, did a combo trip together. And it's been a while. It, it was probably a little bit longer than two years, you know, because we only do about one a year. Usually, late summer or maybe early summer, uh, one of the, one or the other. I mean, we'll do like weekend getaways when the grandparents watch the kids, but to actually do air travel, it's probably been two, two and a half years, something like that. So it was good to, to get away and, and do that type of thing. That's always good. You know, a lot of people feel guilty leaving their kids, but I say if you're married or in a long-term relationship type of thing, you got to do it at least once or twice a year just to, to reconnect. Even if it's getting a hotel near your house, whatever it be, just get away from your children for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yes you got to get away from the kids it's okay to get away from the kids nothing wrong with that i never understood uh why you why you wouldn't want to have that that time away it just makes the time with them even more special and uh but to your point it's great uh for a couple to be able to do that and it was cool that you guys uh were able to do that and on such a bougie trip as people will hear we'll talk about each of the hotels there but how did the trip go overall how did you enjoy it because you don't always stay in these really nice hotels did it feel i guess more luxurious did it feel better than if you stayed at flamingo or something like that to be honest i feel i feel like it's kind of a waste in vegas because you spend so little time in the room and you know we had a lot of events we had a wedding and we had the meetup and everything so 
I didn't really take advantage of the the room like you probably would want to if it's a nice uh, hotel that you're staying at. Now, if it had just been like a trip to the two of us with no plans, I think we would have you know lounged around the pool a bit more, or laid in bed, and and taken advantage of all that it has to offer, soak in the tub, that type of thing, you know, because they do have tubs on like Bellagio. But um, yeah, when you have a lot going on or you're meeting up with friends and stuff. I don't think it's really worth the extra. Wait, I got to call BS on you soaking in the tub because I don't know that in, in any <laughs> well, scenario she, you would. She yeah. might have. Yeah, she go. might have. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just feel like if you have a lot going on when you're in Vegas, which is a lot of people's Vegas trips, you know, outside of maybe a solo Vegas trip. Shout out to Travel Fanboys episode a couple episodes ago. But you just use the bed to sleep and, and sleep is like five, six hours a lot of nights. So I don't think it's really worth the money, to be honest. Yeah, I, I I see your point because I've been staying on the strip a lot, and the one thing that I notice every time I'm down there is just how quickly everything goes by and how much you you don't use the room a lot, and you know just the sort of energy involved with all that. So I definitely see your point there. Of course, there are many people who do Vegas in a different way, and they come more relaxed and they come to enjoy the hotels. But if you have a lot going on, I could certainly see uh, avoiding these expensive hotels, but we'll get to all of that. Let's talk about the the meetup real quick. We had our first MTM Vegas meetup at the Three Sheets Craft Beer Bar in the Arts District, and it was a really cool venue, nice outdoor patio. What would you say, about 20, 25 people showed up? Yeah, something like that, and uh, the cool thing about this bar, is it, it's got a small entry area with a little bar downstairs. They have another bar upstairs, which wasn't open. I'm guessing it's only overflow, but they had a ton of outdoor space which is great so much of the year in Vegas. And it's also very shaded, which I thought was was really nice because, you know, we had a little breeze that day and it wasn't bad at all. And they have like a patio garden area. Then they have just a covered porch area with fans like right outside the bar. And then they have another one uh, similar to that on the second floor. So a lot of options and what, like 25 beers slash wines on tap, which was pretty cool. Yeah. And I, the prices, I don't think we're all that bad. I bought, I bought our friend Han a beer because I spilled my my beer on him getting up because uh, of the, the way the tables were. But yeah, it, I think like seven bucks for a beer for him. My yeah. non-alcoholic beer was three fifty, So uh, usually they yeah. nail you for full beer prices and they, you know, give me a bit of a discount <laughs> there. So that was, uh, that was good. Yeah. I noticed uh, in the, and this was in the arts district and we, we went to two other locations after uh, most of the group, like half the group had stuff to do and left. And the other half, we walked down to a place called Berlin which was really cool. It was like in the backside of culinary arts uh, building and kind of like a cool divish bar and everything was really cheap there. You know, I want to say like four bucks a beer or something like, like that. So very affordable. And then we went across the street to 18 bin, which had like an outdoor garden hodgepodge of picnic tables and random lawn furniture. And, and I think they have like music out there sometimes and stuff. So that was also cool. That was a little bit more expensive. And those were all within a block of each other. So I think that's what's unique about that area. You don't have casinos kind of spreading everything out where you can actually do like a bar hop and uh, get around pretty quickly and have a lot of options. Yeah, those two other bars you just mentioned, they're north of Charleston. So they're, I mean, I think that they're kind of, they're basically on the edge of the arts district. Some would say Charleston's the end of the arts district, but they're right there, really cool. And uh, Three Sheets Craft Beer Bar. And you didn't even get to see like the heart of the arts district. So it's cool. You'll get to go back and see kind of the heart of the South from there. Um, and yeah. yeah, but it was it was really great. Thanks to them for hosting us. Like I said, prices weren't bad. It was definitely not that hot. It was in the mid 90s, but because of all the shade and the breeze, uh, it worked out great. I never felt warm out there at all. And it was wonderful 
uh, meeting quite a few people I had never met before and getting to talk Vegas uh, with everybody, just being nerdy about properties and all the, you know, all the Vegas nerdy stuff uh, that all you guys out there like. And, you know, of course, Mark and I love that too. So it was uh, a great time and I can't wait to do another one. I know we'll, we'll plan one uh, for, for another time that you're in town so that we can all uh, be there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so uh, definitely check out the Arts District. Like I said, Three Sheets Craft Beer Bar. Thanks to them for hosting us there. Let's talk Taco Bell wedding. So for people out there who don't know, <laughs> uh, the Taco Bell Cantina is, was built a few years ago at the corner of. Is Palm. it really a is it really a Taco Bell or is it a nightclub that sells Taco Bell? I don't know. It's a, well, it's I a mean, weird. <laughs> this is like their this was their flagship location when they built it, and it's a different concept. It is a Taco Bell quote unquote Cantina, so it's different. They sell. First off, they sell alcoholic drinks, right? Those yards that everybody loves. So that's kind of different. But they have an upstairs dining room slash nightclub, I guess, Mark, because when it, when they're not using it for weddings at, at night, yeah, they have the DJ and all this other stuff there. But they have an upstairs dining room that they convert into a chapel. It was really built to be that. So you have the altar, you know, with the big Taco Bell in the front. And uh, it was a really good time. Our friend had a, a bouquet made out of hot sauce packets. Uh, during during the wedding and i'd say there was about 30 of us there and uh my favorite part was the the person uh running the the ceremony kept you know dropping in little taco bell kind of jokes and inside references so that was fun yeah as she was doing the uh you know do you take this man and like all that would throw in like to wrap him in a crunchy shell or you know that type of thing so that was kind of funny uh they did a good job they did it quickly they don't keep you there too long which is cool. And then the second floor, I think as we were leaving, they opened up the second floor bar and the DJ is right there and the music's going. So if you want to just sit down and eat Taco Bell, probably not the best place for you to go. But if you want like a weird, unique experience, I think it's kind of something to check out as you're walking down the strip. And then, uh, I mean, for the wedding aspect, I would, I think that was kind of more fun than going to like a, one of the white little wedding chapels, you know, north on the strip. It's something a little bit more unique, a little more fun, a little more Vegas vibe versus just like a rundown small chapel hall that you walk into and do it. So I thought it was kind of unique. I don't know what the cost is compared to the other ones, but I would say that's a, if you want to elope, check it out for sure. Yeah, I mean, to your point, there are different levels of chapels. For instance, there across from Mandalay Bay, there's the Little Church of the West, which is the oldest building left on the Strip, uh, built in the 1940s. That's where Elvis got married. And it's an actual chapel. That's where I got married. Uh, but it's a cool place, and it's very Vegas history. That's a neat kind of chapel if you want to do kind of more of a formal-style wedding. Not really formal, but on the Strip. But I agree. Like, this is better than those, like, you know, drive through wedding chapels downtown. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> that sort of stuff. And there's really a cool novelty to it. The Taco Bell itself, they have an outdoor patio. Of course, you can get the full menu uh, there as well. But it really is that that Vegas uh, sort of feeling and it was a lot of fun i mean it was i've been looking forward to it because i've been to that taco bell a few times and uh you know i had seen that dining room before seen the the wedding chapel so that was uh, fun to see do you think uh you think getting married at taco bell is more interesting or denny's because they have a denny's down i i oh no those are our two big yeah I, I agree with you like there's just not a comparison <laughs> right taco bell all the way yeah nobody like i mean taco bell is fun and and people love taco bell i don't think anybody's like yeah denny's that's you know and they give you a box of tacos when you get married. What do they give you? A grand slam at Denny's? Like, here's some uh, overcooked eggs. Enjoy. Uh, have a good life. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think that's uh, that's what you get. It's all part of the of the spirit. But hopefully, you know, other 
chains open up wedding chapels. Is there any other chain that you would like to see, you know, open up a Del wedding Taco, chapel? Taco, bring out a be better one <laughs> well, to take down Taco Bell. <laughs> that's, that's a little bit too uh, too similar. But yeah, there you go. The, the Del Taco wedding chapel. I think, I don't know. I got to think about that one. I'm sure that there's plenty of those around the world. I'm sure there's a McDonald's somewhere that does weddings, uh, but not here yeah. in Vegas. But yeah, if you want to check it out. The world's biggest McDonald's. That's what they do. If you want to check out the Taco Bell Cantina outside of hours, like I said, it's a full Taco Bell. They also have all the adult drinks and the dining room up and downstairs in the patio. And it's on basically the corner of Harmon and Las Vegas Boulevard in that Harmon Corner shopping center, the one next to, to uh, Planet Hollywood with the terrible, disgusting staircase uh, that doesn't have an escalator. And so you got to <laughs> if you ever go through that staircase, uh, it's not fun. But but thankfully, it's Taco like, Bell's uh, on the ground floor and it has its own staircase. So you don't have to deal with all the nastiness. Yeah. It's like a chain uh, restaurant central, like Bubba yeah. Gump and uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, McDonald's, all that stuff is like crammed right in that corner. Yeah. And across the, you know, kitty corner to there on, uh, on Harmon and Las Vegas Boulevard at City Center, they're building a new shopping center where the Harmon Tower used to be. So we're going to talk in our MTM Vegas video show this week on the YouTube channel about that. And I visited the space there, so I'll be able to show what it looks like uh, today. But we got new renderings and, and what it's going to look like. So you're going to get... All I'll say is there's a big screen there, just like the one in Harmon Corner. And I really think increasingly that corner is going to turn more into the Times Square of Las Vegas. We're going to keep seeing more and more screens, which I kind of like the look. I mean, I, I, I like it. When I was staying at Aria a few weeks ago, my room had like a 360 degree view of that intersection and all of that. And I really thought it was a, a spectacular view. So I'm all for more screens, um, I guess, in that intersection. But uh, it's definitely... Definitely changing. Um, all right, well, let's talk some hotels because you stayed in some bougie hotels, which isn't something that you normally do. I know people who listen to our shows have probably known about the plan. We've talked about, I guess, this trip before, you know, quite a few times, but you finally did it. You know, you had, what, played ping pong, bounced between Resorts World and the Golden Nugget, and, you know, you had considered all these other hotels, and Kirsten had said she wanted to stay at Four Seasons, and you finally, this was your very first stay at a Four Seasons ever, right? Yeah, it was uh, the first time. And um, all the prices were pretty crazy because they had Life is Beautiful and iHeart uh, Musical Music Festival. And I think somebody else had a concert and football game, uh, college football game. There was like 45,000 Iowa State fans there for it. And so you it's kind of crazy. Can I just do an aside? Why did huh. UNLV schedule the hardest opponents just so that they could get ticket sales and really like sabotage the team i think UNLV lost 48 to 3 to iowa state and they just well, keep doing because it because they it, need it's, the money so i mean that's that's why all these crappy yeah. teams go and play like alabama because they get paid like a million dollars just to show up and get destroyed yeah so well no I mean, that's what happened and, and iowa state <laughs> clearly like you said forty five thousand fans they traveled really well so they sold a lot of those tickets yeah. but i feel bad for those UNLV football players getting destroyed playing a, a nationally ranked team when they shouldn't be but anyway, back to four seasons. <laughs> about the under, about the under the half a game win. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we, you know, everything was pretty expensive. Four seasons was uh, four hundred and twenty-five dollars for the night, but I had an Amex Platinum. They just rolled out where you get a two hundred dollar uh, fine hotels and resorts credit, so I used that to book it. Um, so it was really like two hundred twenty-five dollars, which was easier to swallow. That was kind of comparable to like a Nomad or something like that on the Strip. Uh, so we were getting like high end for the cost of mid tier. So we went ahead and did that. And since we booked it through fine hotels and resorts, we also got a hundred dollar spa credit, which doesn't cover much of anything. 
and a $60 breakfast, which also doesn't cover, uh, you know, the full breakfast. Well, when you, you order four espressos, I mean, what do you, no, what do you, it was, <laughs> the espressos Just are kidding. actually, I thought they were kind of affordable. And then Ian, who writes for the site was like, wow, those prices on those espressos are terrible. Cause I went to Giotto uh, a couple months ago and we got espresso. There it was $13. And at uh, the breakfast place, it was like $7. A double was nine. Double shot was nine. So it wasn't terrible. And then we got a, a shot of Bailey's for the espresso. And then Giada ad- added like another $12 for that. So those were expensive espressos. So this felt cheap uh, <laughs> in comparison. So there you go. But yeah, I mean, it, it is true. The and, and American Express Fine Hotels and Resorts, for people who don't know kind of what it is, uh, I'll give you a 30 second background. If you hold an American Express Platinum card, they have deals with the hotels. So oftentimes, uh, you get you always get free breakfast. You get like a late checkout. You usually get a modest room upgrade, and they always have, comes with a hundred dollar credit per stay. Now some properties like to give you the credit in food and beverage, like Bellagio, for example. You get a food and beverage credit, which is you know I I think better. Um, but some properties they only give you a spa credit. Win is like that, although they had been flexible during COVID. Four Seasons like that, they're not flexible at all, so they're not letting you use it as a dining credit, and. <laughs> so yeah, you're, to your point, the uh, the prices on the spa there. I know I haven't looked in a while, but they're you know like a, a massage two hundred bucks or something like that, right? Uh, so yeah, so what and so we ended up uh, getting what a manicure pedicure or something? No, like I, I reached out about a manicure pedicure, and they said uh, manicure is eighty five dollars, pedicure is one hundred and twenty dollars. I was like, are you serious? Like that's forty dollars anywhere else? I, I expected it to be a hundred dollars because it's Vegas, but. I was like, okay, maybe just the manicure. So she got a manicure for $85. It covered the whole thing. Uh, minus she gave him a $20 tip. But, you know, I guess she got something out of it. She didn't have to worry about doing her own nails for the wedding. So that was that was good. But, you know, it almost makes you not want to book it where you could stay at Bellagio or somewhere else and get food credit, which is way more useful. And I don't understand it so much because it's on property. If it's food on property or if it's nails on property or massage on property, I'm sure, you know, nails are probably uh, more profitable or whatever, but you're getting people to stay there. Just give them a hundred dollar property credit, period. Let them do what they want. Well, and one other thing to note is that Delano is also on American Express Fine Hotels and Resorts and you get the property credit. You get to use the food and beverage credit if you book Delano. Um, And, you know, so that so that is just a difference. I mean, I'm not going to complain about it. It's a high end hotel and that is just sort of what it is. But it's something to keep in mind if you're ever getting credits or you're searching through fine hotels and resorts or Chase has a same a similar program, luxury hotel and resort collection. There's Virtuoso. There's other similar things. But, you know, pay attention to where you to where you uh, get that that credit because uh, it can make a, a difference, I guess, if it's important to you or if you just absolutely don't want to use the spa. Um, I did a similar thing. I stayed at the Four Seasons in Silicon Valley a few years ago. And I think the massage was $185 and we had a hundred dollar credit and my wife, you know, we paid $85 for the massage because she wanted the experience. What else were we going to do? Yeah. So, you get a, you get at, at least it, then it's like a regular price massage, I guess the, yeah. the credit makes it regular price. <laughs> yeah. And you get brownie points because your wife got a massage and I, you know, I know that always makes Jasmine very happy. So that's, that's it. And I'm sure Kirsten, like you said, was happy. He's trying to say if you. If you want to get laid, get your wife a massage. <laughs> well, you know, all I'll say is let her get whatever she wants. You know, if she wants to get whatever, you know. Yes, you, but it all rings true. Yes, true. Well, I'm if you say that. no, the point is if you start complaining about the price of something and then, you know, say, oh, well, you know, that massage, then, 
yeah, that's good. The opposite is going to happen at least. That's a, yeah, that's something yeah. I can share from 20 plus years of marriage. So the, the, everything's expensive there, but how was the, the room itself? Did it, you know, the Mandalay Bay is sort of like, you know, Mandalay Bay's rooms are actually fairly nice and they have separate tubs and showers and they're pretty big. Delano is, would be a step above that. And that's all suites. And it's sort of like a boutique hotel. You know, I would say it's a, I would consider it a luxury hotel, of course, not that top tier. And that's what Four Seasons is. Does it really, you know, measure up in that way? Uh, you know, I didn't feel like overwhelmed in uh, luxury when I went there. The The bed was uh, firmer, which I'm fine with. My wife didn't like it so much. And just the space, like, uh, you know, if Delano, you're get, if you want a suite, you might actually like prefer that room because these weren't suites. We did get a strip view, which was a really nice view, uh, which was the uh, small upgrade that we got for booking through FHR. But, you know, the color scheme was nice. It was cool. It was light. It was kind of like, you know, what Bellagio is trying to go to now with their new color setup. So similar to that very similar to the the color scheme in Crockford's and everything like that. And I, I shared a video of the walkthrough on Twitter and I'm sure, you know, you'll throw it up somewhere at some point on the YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was okay, but it wasn't like overwhelmed or just like, wow, this is just so bougie. It, it felt a little bit older. The one cool thing I will say is four seasons. It's only like four or five stories. I mean, they, they share a part of the tower, but you have separate elevators, separate check-in, all that stuff. And so you have, you know, a front desk with like three people working for five floors, which in Vegas, a big part of my, <laughs> my, my uh, pain point is dealing with checking at Vegas, uh, you know, cause it can take forever. And even in a more boutique hotel, they might not have enough agents and it can take you 30 minutes for five people. It's just, it's very annoying. I hate standing in line after a long flight. So that was nice. I never stood in line at four seasons. They always had more agents than they had people in the lobby. Uh, a lot of people hung out in the little lobby bar waiting room area. I don't know if they're just waiting to go to the concert or what, but it just seemed pretty busy when they're, it was nice, but it wasn't overly uh, nice. And uh, the pool area was very chill, very relaxed and maybe like four or five people in there. So if you want to go, you know, if you hate the party pool Vegas scene, this is your spot for sure. Like if you want to get a, a weekend away with your spouse or whatever, and you just want to relax, you go here. Cause there's like, nothing you just feel like you're in like a little oasis well it's cool too because you have all of mandalay bay's pool stuff so if you wanted to spend some time in the lazy river and in that chaotic sort of beach area you could do that because you get use of the mandalay bay pool and then you still have your your private area there yeah for sure and a big selling point i think and you and you hit on it is that that private experience right four seasons has its own entry and arrival area and its own lobby that I mean, it's pretty separated from Mandalay Bay itself, right? There's a, anybody can't just go back there uh, without a key. Is that right? Or... Yeah, I think there's a way if you walk through like the meeting rooms, you can get down into the lobby without a key. But if you go through, you know, the bottom floor of Mandalay Bay, you need a, a key to open up the two doors. And it's very like hidden. It just has a little sign that says Four Seasons. So it's not very pronounced. And I lost my key at night. Uh, my wife had gone to bed and I lost my key, of course. So I could not get through those doors and I didn't know that you could walk through the upper floor through the meeting rooms and get there. So I had to walk outside uh, to get to the front desk to get a new key uh, made because I had no no way of entry. So it will stop most people from entering for sure. There you go. And I, and I, that's definitely a selling point, I think, for people uh, that more that more exclusive sort of feeling. And, you know, it's clear to me the more you know we talk about it, how Resorts World tried to emulate that a little bit, you know, with Crockford's and with the different levels of hotels. But 
Um, certainly that's something that people do look for. They want that exclusivity, especially in a place like Vegas where you're just surrounded by people and energy and loudness to be able to have that pool area that's quiet, to be able to have that quiet lobby experience, to your point, to be able to just walk up and talk to somebody without having to wait in a line. You know, you're paying for that, yeah. but it's certainly, uh, it's certainly a level above what you're getting most places. And that's one of the things, you know, we talked about Nobu in the past on the uh, YouTube show. And we stayed there at Caesars and they didn't have like a lobby. It's just like a desk by the elevators. But you have your own private elevators and you have that check-in person. There's nobody ever, maybe one other person will be talking to those people. But but now let's compare like Crockford's and Four yeah. Seasons with their private no, lobbies. It, and, but, then, and then Nobu, you just walk into no, an elevator no, hall and there's... Nobu is no, always I, like a huge, no, you're absolutely huge markup. Right. Um, no, at Caesars, so, you're right. That's a huge selling point, right? You don't, you can avoid yeah, all that stuff Caesar's and you're just... terrible. Yeah. I know. I think the I think the problem with Nobu for me is the size of the rooms and uh, the premium that they're charging for them compared to to the rest. I really liked the the Nobu room. Uh, you and I actually shared a room uh, for a night, and you know I really liked the room. I think I think you did too, right? I mean, as far as yeah. what it was, but it was small and Nobu. Yeah, it was a little like bit that. small. I mean, the bathroom's huge, but yeah. the uh, the actual room is a little bit on the smaller side, and it's just older, an older building. So I think they did what they could, but. Yeah. I mean, it was. It's another one that it's showing a little bit of wear and tear at Nobu, but it it still shows. It has like a little bit of a design element to it that you don't see um, in the main Caesars stuff. But yeah, I just like that check in. It, like I've said, it just bothers me when I have to wait thirty minutes to check in. I hate it. And you know, we talked about in the past going to the link and having an issue with their check in kiosk, and they have like almost no people working. So it took me like forty five minutes to get checked in when I had two rooms booked and. It was just a huge hassle and it really puts a damper on the beginning of your trip. So I did appreciate that. We even got in there at like 10, 1030 in the morning. They already had the room ready for us. So they had that service. They walked us down towards the elevator. Service at the restaurants was always top notch and they always greeted you with a smile and were very welcoming and they, you know, gave you the info you needed, but didn't over talk to you. Like, have you staying there for 15 minutes with some check-in people will do. They hit on all the right points. So you get that. If you like the finer little touches uh, when you're staying at a hotel, then I think they'll knock that out of the park. The actual property, I don't think it's overwhelmingly amazing, but I think you do get the the service aspect you're looking for. You know, I know people go back and forth about the location of Mandalay Bay, and you know, some people like it because it's so far south. Uh, most Sorry about the Pinball Hall of Fame. There you go. Yeah, uh, it really is. And where I got married, a little Church of the West across <laughs> the way. But how how did you find the the location for for your stay? I mean, it's not my favorite. Uh, I don't like that end of the strip. I'm, I'm not like a big fan of Excalibur or, I mean, I do like Luxor. So you have that right there. And, and I even watched the tram. I couldn't, the tram didn't seem to be running between the three of them. It, and if it was, it wasn't very often because I looked out the window quite a bit and never saw it moving back and forth. So I don't know what's going on there. When we took a cab out, I did see people standing waiting to get on it at Luxor. So it must've been running, but I didn't see it moving. So that's kind of a drawback if it, if you can't ride that because it makes it even further south than you want to be. I'll say like for the most part, I didn't have a trouble getting Uber and the prices weren't bad. So I didn't mind that. You know, they came in pretty quickly. You have your own little pull up area. So you're just, you know, normally when you're leaving a hotel, there's this Uber waiting area and there's like 20 people standing there waiting for a car where this there was never anybody else waiting. So that was kind of nice. You'd see the car pull up and go. So as long as that's running, it doesn't matter. I mean, everything's 10 bucks to get around. So if you like walking, it might probably not be the best uh, option for you for sure. Yeah, the, the tram is a good point because that really opens things up. If you can just board the direct tram to Excalibur, 
Now you're on the corner of Trop and Las Vegas Boulevard, New York, New York, MGM Grand, all of that's right there. Um, so, you know, that definitely is a, a consideration. I think for Four Seasons, people probably going there to have a little bit of a quieter stay. Now, you said you're not a huge fan of Mandalay Bay's Casino. I've always liked it. I, I feel like it has high ceilings. I've always liked sort of the vibe in there, the restaurants that they have. Not everything has come back for, with COVID. A lot of, some of the restaurants are still closed. It's not quite what it was. But, you know, what were your, I guess, issues that you had with the casino? Or why didn't you like it maybe better than some others? I don't know. It just felt re- like really dark. I mean, I do like high ceilings. I love that in casinos. So I did like that. But it was it was just not really well laid out in my mind. And maybe that's just because I hadn't been in there in like 10 years. So I didn't really remember how to get around very well. And it was darker and table games were kind of sporadic and everything was six to five uh, automatic shuffle. I found like one or two tables that was three to two for blackjack. So that's kind of a damper on it. And I will say I do like the mall area, what they have to offer there. We went to Rira, which is like an Irish pub for lunch. And the food was awesome. It was actually fairly affordable for Vegas. It was like we both got a full meal, an appetizer, and a, a alcoholic beverage each. It was like 60, 65 bucks, which is what we probably pay normally around here for the most part. And then uh, we went to the, I don't want to say it's called 1925 Prohibition Bar. Like you see this sign in a bookshelf and you're like, oh, where's this bar at? Like you think it's telling you to go further into the mall and maybe the bar's back there. But no, you just push the bookshelf open. And it's like this dark, sexy uh, type of bar. And attached to that is a ice bar, which was probably like my highlight of the trip. You definitely should have been there for that, Sean. Well, I don't know that I was invited out uh, for that. No, I was uh, doing other stuff. But that reminds me because they used to have Red Square at Mandalay Bay, which closed a few years ago. And I was telling you about this. In Red Square, they had this ice freezer where you would put on these like Russian jackets and go in there and drink vodka. You know, and, and but it was like a frozen bar, but it was a small area and only a few people could go in there at a time. And, you know, I've seen your video of, of Ice Bar. I, I think we'll talk about it a little bit on the video show so that we so I can include video of it. But yeah, I mean, this looks like a much bigger venue. I mean, it looks uh, phenomenal. Describe it to people a little bit, uh, what what exactly it was. Yeah, so it was, uh, you know, and they've had these around for a while. And I used to get, uh, the, when my Vegas first came out, I'd get like the buy one, get one free entry. Because there was one like on the strip, like below street level, I remember. I signed up and then we just never make it there. So I, you know, lose my My Vegas points because I forget to cancel it or whatever. But so you walk in, it's 24 bucks just to get in. And then most drinks are like 15 bucks or more. And then you can pay $49 to get entry and two drink tickets. So you save, you know, a little bit of money, especially if you're going for a more expensive drink. So that's kind of like the thing. If you're going to have a couple of drinks in there, that might be the, the route to go. What we did was we had three people. So we paid $159 and two entries. So we got a couple of drinks for cheaper. And then uh, you get a coat and you get gloves. You get to keep the gloves. They're kind of like meat cutting gloves. That's the linen in me coming out my old job, but butcher's gloves. And then you go down, you walk downstairs and you enter this like ice palace wonderland where they have like an igloo made and all the walls are ice. The, The bar is made out of ice. The glasses are ice. They have ice sculptures where like shot like the, you know, weddings where they'll make a sculpture and have like a luge shot. They have that, but coming out of a woman's upper body region. <laughs> so you can do that. Or they have like Austin Powers shaved into the ice, like uh, Raiders logo shaved into the ice and stuff. And like all this cool stuff and the music's pumping. All the uh, benches and tables are made of ice and they throw down like fake fur animal things on top of the seat. So you can actually sit down without your butt freezing to death. But 
just a really cool atmosphere, really cool vibe. We were the only three people in there at the time, which made it even kind of, you know, neater. And you just hanging out. We had a couple of drinks. The drinks were good. You're in a, an ice glass and uh, you take your glove off, to take pictures. It gets cold and you put it back on and you're in there for like 15 minutes or so, most likely. And then you're on your way. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked fun. I've been in similar venues to that uh, other places and always had a, a good time. So I, I I didn't know that the ice bar was there, quite honestly. I did know about the the speakeasy, uh, which you can you can see when you go. It's it's in Mandalay Place, just for people who uh, kind of trying to picture where this at, as is Reraw, which you talked about. That's the mall that sort of connects Mandalay Bay to Luxor. So if you're walking between the two, that's the mall you're going to walk uh, through uh, there. So lots yeah, of cool and- stuff in there. I think a lot of people don't know that the ice bar is there even when they walk by because it's not really shown. They have yeah. like one of those big, ch- big chill daiquiri bars. So it's just right next to that. Like there's a little desk right next to it. So you have to kind of look for it. And we were told about it because we saw them selling like ice bar T-shirts inside of the Prohibition bar because they're actually like attached. And he said, yeah, you just go outside and make an immediate left. And it's right there. And then when you finish, you walk upstairs and you end up in the Prohibition bar after you do the ice bar. So that's kind of smart on their part, bringing you through both their locations uh, if you do one. Yeah, it's strange because they they sit on both sides of the walkway, right? But on the first floor, they take up that entire space. And then on the second floor is the walkway for the mall, right? That sits in yeah. between them. Yeah. So it's, so it's a cool area. So yeah, Mandalay Place, uh, neat stuff there. And uh, I hope, you know, I think that this is a, some really good information about Mandalay Bay Four Seasons. But let's we'll talk Waldorf in a second because that's where you moved to. I did want to briefly mention Nomad because I stayed there for this event and I thought it was a really good location. There was a lot of people staying at Waldorf Astoria. We had to go to the Taco Bell wedding. I still think that location is pretty good. You have really good connection to city center and also to the South Strip. I stayed at Nomad once before this year. I've also stayed at Park MGM this year. So I'm hoping to put together a video uh, comparing them. I still think Nomad's a really solid choice. I like the rooms. I like the separate lobby. Not a fan of the Park MGM casino, and it feels kind of dead, and that's yeah. a, a problem. If you want to uh, get a table and gamble, that's your spot. That or Virgin. <laughs> then you won't yeah. have to fight people, uh, which on like Thursday night at Mandalay Bay, it got pretty busy. During the day, it was like dead, but at night, the tables filled up pretty much. That was kind of interesting to see. I do. I will say, like the no, I've never stayed at Nomad. I want to, and the prices for what you get, I think, are usually really good. But the bar area that's attached to the Nomad looks so cool and so awesome. We were there right after they closed. There was like three workers in there. One guy was playing piano while the other two cleaned up. I was like, hey, can we just like sneak in here for a little bit and buy a drink and we'll tip you really well? And the guy was like thinking about it and he went to go ask his manager, but the manager had left. So he came back and said he couldn't do it. And I was like, oh, man, the guy was like banging away on the piano. That would have been a really cool experience. But it I was like 1.05 a.m., you know, they closed at 1, and you were talking to him for a good few minutes trying to work on him uh, yeah. to, let you, to let you in there. But Which, oh, it's a neat we, place. Yeah, it looks really cool. I forgot to mention, we also went to uh, Skyfall at uh, Delano, which is a really cool rooftop bar. It, you know, you've been to Foundation Room. Uh, I've never been there. So, I'm, I'm, you know, one people might like one better than the other. You could definitely hit both in the same night. So that was a really cool experience. Some, something similar happened there. We were going, we had gone up uh, with a couple friends and then later on I met up with another buddy and he wanted to go check it out. And we go to the elevator, it's 11.40 p.m. And she's like, sir, last call was at 11.40. I'm like, okay, thanks. And I just kept walking. And I was like, Rick, come on, let's go. And he's like, what? She said it's last call. I was like, yeah, okay, that's what she said. So we get on the elevator, we go up to the top and I just beeline it to the bar. And I say, hey, can we just get two beers? And I ordered bottled beer. 
that's kind of like the trick. If you go to the bar, don't wait for a server because they'll, you know, they're done for the night. But the bartender, he's cleaning up anyway. And if you ask for something easy, they just pops the top and gives it to you. He said, yeah, sure. Here you go. So we got to stand outside for the next like 30 minutes and drink our beer and stare at the view, which was pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's a very nice view. Um, I've I've been there. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Delano is a little bit offset from where, you know, it's that second tower at Mandalay Bay. So the views are a little bit different from there compared to Foundation Room, which is in the main tower of Mandalay Bay. And actually, your room at Four Seasons had a strip view very similar to what Foundation Room has, you know, a little bit higher up in the building. Um, it looks a little bit more straight down the strip, I'd say. But both views are, are spectacular, well-known, both places uh, worth uh, worth checking out if that if that fits in, in your, uh, your strategy. I know um, they both have really cool outdoor patio areas, too. So you're not only getting the view of the strip, but you're able to go out there and you know, experience it a little bit more, you know, uh, get a little bit of a better vantage point, I think. So uh, I recommend both of those places and I know you, uh, you enjoyed it. All right, let's, yeah. let's fight. Let's fight about the Waldorf Astoria location because uh, <laughs> on the MTM podcast, we have so many podcasts. We did a quick, you know, debrief of your trip and then we fought about uh, the location. You think, what, what, what are your thoughts on Waldorf Astoria's location within city center? How convenient it is? You know, what, what do you want people to know if they're considering staying there? I will say I like how, like, easy it is to get from the hotel to the Strip. It's uh, pretty quick. You know, you are you don't have to walk through a massive casino. Usually the hotel is at, like, the back of the casino, and you have to walk through all that just to get up to the Strip. And you can get lost because they make them like mazes. Uh, they want to keep you in there. So that's really unique. Uh, it does feel like a concrete uh, jungle a bit. You know, you walk downstairs. Everything's, like, gray slate type of stone everywhere. So I would have liked to see a little bit more color in there, but I think that just kind of goes in the vibe with the city center. It's very modern, glassy, dark gray type of feel. The one drawback for me was, you know, there's not easily accessible restaurants or at least like easy to get food, like fast food type of stuff, or, you know, just like a bar pub type of thing, which, you know, four seasons. Yeah. You have to walk through Mandalay Bay, which is a little bit of a walk, but you have all that available to you. And Waldorf, you know, they have the the Sky Bar, which was awesome. Uh, it's a little bit beat up, but it's still the views are spectacular. Uh, so definitely check that out. They have their little tea room. The Fine Twist uh, restaurant was not open. And then they have the pool bar, which has like four or five tables outside. And uh, then they have their like breakfast place that's open weird hours. And it's on the third floor and it just doesn't feel very welcoming like you walk in and they're like oh we're closing for 30 minutes for lunch so you got to come back and we're taking out all these pastries and putting in new stuff and it just what wasn't a place that i'd want to go so you have to go outside then you have to walk a little bit i mean aria is right there but if you're looking for something simpler you're not going to find an aria so you got to go a little bit you got to go to the taco bell cantina i guess yeah but it's it's just a couple of minutes away i i don't think that you make any points that are wrong there i think you know this is a standalone hotel steps from the las vegas strip that's part of city center. So I think that that will appeal to certain people. Uh, but if you want to be staying in a mega resort where you have 18 restaurants, I mean, Aria really is a three minute walk away. Uh, Crystal's the mall is a one minute walk across the road. And then all to fancy. your point, Taco Bell, <laughs> no, but to your point, Taco Bell Cantina and all of that is five minutes, right? So it's still yeah. very close uh, to that. But the main selling point is that you're in a standalone hotel you know, this is like a, a tower, like a Waldorf that they drop. You could put this in any city, right? I mean, it's just a, ho a normal yeah. hotel with a rest couple restaurants and, uh, you know, the, the Sky uh, Bar and stuff like that. So I feel like with only a few hundred rooms, you know, people who stay there kind of know 
what they're getting into, or, or hopefully they do. And they seem to do pretty well. They seem to be getting decent room rates, even all throughout COVID uh, and everything else. I mean, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was really busy when we were there. So they, they seem to be booked up pretty good. Yeah. And there's some really interesting strip views from some of the rooms. But let's talk about the, the bar in the lobby, the lobby bar, which was famous when it was Mandarin Oriental. And that carries through to, to Waldorf. And it's a pretty cool place. What is it? 23rd floor, I think, is the lobby. And um, you got us a great, uh, great table, right? Kind of looking right down the strip. It's one of the nicer places in Vegas to have a cocktail, especially, you know, around dusk time, I think. Yeah, it was really cool views. We I did a reservation on an open table, so that was pretty simple. Just do it like a couple weeks before you go and you can get that locked up and try to shoot for like sunset time. And you get view, you can get views both ends of the strip, uh, which is pretty, pretty amazing. And the bar is really cool when you walk in, like tall bar, light lit up in the backlit uh, behind the bottles and everything. I will say it was it was showing some wear and tear, like the carpet, the rug that you're sitting on had stains all over it, which when it gets dark out, you don't notice. But uh, we were there a little bit earlier, like sh- shortly after they opened, you could see all that. And I'm like, how much does a rug cost? Like a couple hundred dollars? Just throw a new one down. What are we doing here? And the floor was a little scuffed up and service was a little bit slow, but very polite. Uh, the drinks were all good. I think everybody enjoyed their drinks. But it, yeah, it was an awesome experience. Um I might prefer it a little bit over Skyfall, you know, just because the view is more like immersive, like you're in the middle. And especially as they add more signs and lights to that that corner area, uh, it'll be kind of like a, even a cooler view at night. So I do think it, it is one of the better places to have a drink for sure. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it, immersive, because you're really much closer to the action with that view compared to being at Mandalay or even where you get those views at Circa at Legacy Club, you know, where you're... It's a cool view, but you're more detached. This is where you're 23rd floor, so you're not so far up. You're down, you know, and you're just looking kind of straight out. It's it's really nice and a place I've enjoyed for many, many years. Now, of course, Waldorf Astoria is a Hilton property, so you have Hilton Diamond status, so you got some cool perks there. But how did you book this? Uh, how much did it cost, all of that? Yeah, so it was going for $5.50 a night, and I used a couple of Hilton free night certificates that I had, one from an Aspire card that you get a free night certificate every year. And the other one from the Surpass uh, card that you can get a free certificate if you spend $15,000 on the card each year. So, so I ended up saving, you know, over a thousand dollars. And then with the diamond status, which also comes from the Aspire card, I was able to get uh, $50 a day in, in credit for food, drinks, whatever on property. And that's in lieu of their old breakfast uh, that they would provide. So we used it for lunch at the pool one day. And the next day we got breakfast room service delivered. Uh, so we used it for that. And then I had a $250 resort credit from the Aspire card that we used for all the drinks and stuff at the Sky Bar. And and it covered the rest of the breakfast and the rest of the lunch. So we ended up eating and drinking you know, on property for two days, pr- practically free and stayed for free. So that was pretty crazy. One thing I, before we go to the room, the lobby itself isn't very big there. That people should know that the lobby is on the 23rd floor. Like I said, so and you have loud. to take a- yeah, so you got to take two <laughs> elevators, too, to get to your room. You got to go up to the Dang. lobby and then a separate elevator. That's fairly <laughs> typical for these types of ho- luxury uh, hotels. But, yeah, you 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 talked uh, on the other podcast about your check-in experience. Uh, there is only, you know, there's a small lobby area. There's the check-in desk. There's a small kind of sitting area that they use for tea service. And then there's the bar. And so everything gets very kind of hectic and loud and busy. And when you were checking in during tea, what, you couldn't even hear the person, right? It was so kind of loud yeah, there. Yeah, because we're... We're all wearing masks, and then they had the uh, partition in the in the front, you know, plexiglass thing. 
So we're both like leaning our ears up to the plexiglass to hear the other person. And it just, and the check-in was really slow. You know, I said at four seasons, they told you what you needed to know and they got you on the way where this one just felt really slow. And, you know, we did have to merge up because I booked one free night, my name and one of my wife's name. So it took her a while to get those merged together. So we didn't have to switch rooms and, and all of that, but it just took a while. And then the next, uh, when we went to check out, uh, we went there and, you know, there was only one family in front of us. And we stood there for 10 minutes before we even got seated or got brought up to the front. But and then we go to check out and they said, uh, oh, well, our computers are down. We're rebooting them. So I don't know if all three were scrambling to get that done. And I was like, well, I don't have time to get. I have a you know a red eye flight. I got to go. So just check me out or whatever. And that's something there's three people there. They could have just pulled me up real quick and said, hey, our computers are down. Is there something I can help you with or you're going to have to wait versus just having us standing there and ignoring us for, you know, 10 minutes. So. It's yeah. a little bit frustrating, especially for a higher end place. And and that's something that I think Four Seasons would really have knocked out of the park. And one of the other people would have said, hey, what can I help you with? You know, because I could have just been like, hey, I need more towels sent to my room. You don't know what I'm standing in line for. There's no point in made, making me wait if I don't have to. No, I agree with you. And I think there's nothing more frustrating than when you're at a hotel waiting for the front desk and you see all of these people and nobody even looks up to acknowledge you. Or even worse, when they see you and they do look up and see you and then they don't say anything and that shouldn't happen at a Waldorf Astoria. So uh, that it definitely kind of sucks. And it's it's a good comparison to, to Four Seasons where you said they always had more people staffing there, you know, so you never had to do that. You know, you're, you're paying a lot of money to stay at these places. Uh, you know, that, that level of service is something um, that, you know, unfortunately in Vegas, you just don't find the level of service that you do in other places when it comes to hotels. I wonder if that's sort of a sign of that. When I stayed there in 2019, it was kind of the same. The service wasn't, what I would expect from a hotel of that quality, even though I love the hotel and everything else. I just, uh, I did find that kind of to be the, the one downside. The other downside, Mark, when I stayed there in 2019, they had a robot that went around the, the lobby. They didn't have a robot this time. Oh, did they? No, I didn't see the robot. They had anymore. a champagne uh, dispenser instead. And yes, so the they robot, had, I guess they had the champagne uh, for what was it? $20 for a, yeah. a mini bottle, which was the equivalent of like a glass of champagne right there. So when the bar closes, you can still get your Moet, champagne out of the yeah. out of the vending machine well it's kind of cool because you get like a golden coin you go to the front desk they build it to your room you get a golden coin and then you walk so you can't like there's no prices on it or anything there's no way to swipe a card so they give you these special coins that you go slide in and then you get to pick your bottle of champagne so that was unique like we did that after the sky bar closed i was like well let's do this for fun you know something to do so that is an option if you knew, if you want something late at night on the way back up to your room, there you go. Um, which I think is, I'm surprised more Vegas places don't have it because it, it would work so well. Even like a beer set up for that or, you know, vodka or whatever. Like, I feel like those machines should be in every lobby in yeah. Vegas. I will say one thing I love about Walder, Waldorf Astoria because it's so close to the street. There's a CVS right there. So you can walk down there and they all the rooms have uh, fridges in it. So you can go grab whatever you like to drink. Uh, more waters and uh, Gatorade, whatever, snacks, easily and walk right back. Take you like 10 minutes total round trip. So that's really a big selling point for me, to be honest, because sometimes it's a struggle to get that type of stuff. You might have to walk a little ways. Or if you forget, like your my wife forgot hairspray and stuff, she was able to go get it really quickly. So I think that's kind mm -hmm. of a nice perk of the location for sure. Yeah. And like if you're staying in a place like MGM Grand, for example, and you're at the end of one of those hallways, by the time you walk from your room down to the elevator and down to get something, let's say even in the shop there, you've walked as long as you're walking from a lot of places at Waldorf because it's yeah, just then a different scale. Those shops are going to be like six bucks for water yeah. versus $2 at CVS. Exactly. So that really is huge uh, to me uh, because you spend so much on those little gift shops at hotels in Vegas. 
just to grab like a road beer on the way back to your room or whatever. And they're like $7. You can go CVS and get a, you know, a three pack of uh, Dos Equis for like 10 bucks. So just go do that. Yeah. And I, even from somewhere like Aria, that would be another five to seven minutes each way to walk from, from the hotel yeah, at Aria. Except for Not Aria's mention, dirty. Like, well, <laughs> no, well, it is dirty. And we, you know, we had, we were, we had a party at a suite there this weekend and the suite was at the very end of the hallway. That's like a solid five minute walk just from the elevators to the end of the hallway, you know, and that's kind of what the appeal of Waldorf is who, scale wise. Whoever designed the floors at Aria is an idiot because it's like winding back and forth like zigzags. Like, oh, do I turn this way to go this way? It just seemed very confusing. Like it, the hallway split like four different ways instead of the normal right left. It's like, hey, I could go right, then left, then right again and then back around and it's like mini loops and it's just weird. It was very weird, especially after a long night of drinking to yeah. find your way back. It does that because it has that curvy architecture on the outside. Yeah. And that's where you, it has those little arms that jet off, especially on the end of the building. And that's where the hallways split. Totally agree with you. It's very confusing. And I've seen plenty of people get lost. The hallways are dark there. Let's not get started on uh, on Aria. Let's talk <laughs> we'll about that the for the the live stream when yeah. uh, Bethany's with us. Yeah, yeah, because we'll talk more about her her wedding and 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 she did stay at Aria. So if she wants to talk about her her suite that she had there, um, but let's talk about the Waldorf Astoria room. That's the last thing we haven't talked about. What were your impressions, and how do you think it compared to Four Seasons? Yeah, so I'll talk a little bit like uh, just the hallways and the, you know, going from the lobby to the elevators. It's really pretty. They have like driftwood all lit up nice with white flowers and very, you know, dark background, very Asian uh, feeling, very sexy. You go up to the room and, you know, dark woods everywhere. And the bathtub is, you know, seeable from uh, the living room if you want or from the bedroom if you want. And it's a big, deep soaking tub. And you walk in, that's the first thing you see is this amazing looking soaking tub in a glass corner, which you can close the partition a little bit. So you get a little more privacy, but I really liked it. I liked the room design. It was dark woods, dark uh, carpet, but still has that, that softness feel to it. I don't think our view was anything to, to write home about, but I guess that depends on where your room is. But I, I did enjoy the room better than four seasons. I liked uh, the bathroom better. I like, they had like a little valet closet that you could leave stuff in that they can come up and grab uh, one buddy needed ice. So they just dropped it in his valet closet which was kind of a new feature, nice feature. And my only complaint about the room was the air conditioning never got very cold, which is something that I struggle with sleeping. I need like the cold, the room ice cold to sleep. So that was a little bit of a, a negative, but that was about the only thing I would say. Yeah, overall, I mean, I, like I said, I stayed there in 2019. I agree with you. I think it's a kind of like what I said earlier, you drop in a high-end hotel from another city from insert your the kind of city that you're thinking of. And that's what this is. It was built as a Mandarin Oriental, which is a very high-end Asian brand. And you can definitely see those influences everywhere. Um, they haven't done a huge renovation as the Waldorf. They have redone the rooms, but not, I don't feel like they, they did all of the furniture. It was a light refresh. So a lot of the furniture in, in those dark woods is still original to the Mandarin. Um, but there's a lot of good things about there, especially if you're a Hilton elite. Let's end with this. You know, Hilton now has on the strip everything from the Tropicana, which is a double tree. We have the Waldorf. We have all those properties at Resorts World. You have Virgin Hotels. You know, how do you feel like Waldorf fits within that kind of a hierarchy for Hilton elites or people who want to stay at a Hilton? Yeah, I think that's, you know, it's kind of up there, if not the top spot. I would say I like the, you know, they have the 
timeshare building a Lara behind Planet Hollywood. I like those rooms a bit better. They're they're not as nice. They're more Vegasy, like over the topness. But if you're going for a guys' weekend, you can get like a two bedroom suite attached with a, a big projection TV. And I haven't stayed there in a while. They could be really beat up now because I don't think they've done anything to that in a while. But I did like that one a little bit better. And that was, you know, staying there 10 years ago. But if you're looking for like a high end experience as a Hilton Elite, I think that your free night certificates will go a long ways here. You're getting the $50 versus other ones. You might get $15 per, you know, so $30 total for two people uh, on property credit. So you get a little bit more bang for your buck there. You have a nice lobby bar that you can meet up with people, hang out at. So I think it is one of the better options, even the pool area. We didn't really touch on it, but it's more of a relaxed kind of like four seasons. There's like a couple different tiered pools, you know, thinner, more of just standing in and drinking. They have a pool bar. There's not a lot of seats out there because there's it's not very busy. So if you want more of the relaxed, chill experience in Vegas out by the pool, this is another great option along with Four Seasons. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it probably is in the top spot uh, among at least traditional. I haven't stayed at the Hilton Vacation Club, but as far as the you know mainline Hiltons, uh, Crockford's probably you know its competitor there. But I, I think Waldorf is still my choice. Uh, if I, out of those two and, and and tend to agree with everything everything else you said i i really like that property i like city center so disappointed about aria and my stay there recently that if i was going to stay in city center i think this would be my go-to i've also stayed at vidara this year vidara also a non-gaming hotel there um they have suites so if you want more it's kind of like a condo hotel so they have kitchens and things like that um it was probably a similar distance from aria so a, a lot of things to consider there, but I think it's a solid property and it's good to see Hilton have so many kind of things uh, around. And, you know, as much as you don't like Virgin, I also do like Virgin's hotel, that Ruby tower too. Yeah. So a lot of good <laughs> options for Hilton. No, but for Hilton people, a lot of good options now. Yeah, uh, for sure. And especially with it being so easy to get status and, and, uh, and all of that. I think Virgin, I might need to stay there just because I feel like that would be a really good, you know, uh, relaxing vegas trip because it's off the strip although that pool still seems to get a little bit busy the casino isn't like overly packed and it just feels like more of a relaxed vibe because it's just not the hustle and bustle so maybe that is something i need to try just to compare it to these two yeah i mean it's a whole different vibe but i did like my stay there in the ruby tower i want to say that specifically because i while all the rooms tend to look very similar some of the rooms i saw with like the lack of artwork and stuff wasn't uh wasn't great, but the suite I had there earlier this year was good. So it's good to see Hilton doing so well in Vegas. And Mark, you're a bougie guy now. I mean, you stayed at Four Seasons in Waldorf. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, <laughs> do you walk down the street holding your nose up at everybody? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, nope. Next time I'll be back at the Flamingo, back <laughs> back where you belong. No, uh, but uh, yeah, let us know. Uh, you know, on Twitter everywhere else uh, where what you guys think about this stuff we also talk uh, on the mtm vegas youtube show a little bit about this plus all of the news of the week you can find that at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories but you can find all of our vegas content the podcast the videos and our posts on the website at mtmvegas.com we appreciate everybody out there who's been listening the reception to the show has been great we do appreciate if you like the show giving us a five-star review helps us out a lot leaving us a written review and apple Podcasts. We definitely appreciate everyone who's done that. It's been fantastic to uh, meet you guys, to talk with all of you, and can't wait uh, for, for the next meetup. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. See you next week. See you in Vegas. Mm-hmm.